At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average. Plus, it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome to the SI Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trana. Thanks for joining me this week. Before we get to this week's show, just want to plug past episodes in the archives. Please check out uh, last week, Gabe Kapler, manager of the Phillies, was tremendous. If you didn't listen to it uh, and you like baseball in any way, shape, or form, listen to it because he was so honest and no cookie-cutter answers. And any baseball fan will enjoy that. So listen to that. And then Chris and Kyle Long were on, and they were just funny. And before that, we have Chris Berman was really good, Jim Cornette. So check the archives. And if you can, please review, leave a um, rating, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Much appreciated. All right. Let's get right to this week's episode. I'm very excited because I have a guest in studio, and these podcasts are always better when someone is in studio. And my guest this week is someone um, everyone on the internet knows, Jen Sturger. Jen. I'm only internet famous. Yeah. Well, that's well. I, you actually didn't start internet famous. You started TV famous with Brent, yeah. and then became internet famous. So funny though that you had you had Gabe Kapler on. If, if this if this goes into like really hard hitting questions, and you did not ask Gabe about coconut oil, I'm I did. Be pissed. We talked about it. Okay, good. We talked about it. We did talk about it. <laughs> then very, I have very to get, briefly. Then I have to get caught yeah. up on we, last week. We episode. talked about it very briefly, but he was great. And um, so Jen is in town. And I thought it'd be a good time to catch up. We full disclosure, we go way, way, way back because way back. she used to write for SI.com. This was bef- I think before I even created and wrote Hot Clicks. No, Hot Clicks was, was had just started. Okay. Re- okay. So then extra I was, mustard and right, hot right. clicks. So I was also Andy, right. Yeah. So I was also an editor at the time and I edited your mailbag. I'm your so column. sorry. That's okay. <laughs> It was all right. I earned my money. No. No, it was fine. It was fine. You're like, they don't pay me enough for this shit. Right. So I edited your stuff. Okay. So that was... Because I, I started Hot Clicks in 03. So mm-hmm. is that when you were writing for us? Do you 2006 remember? 2006 is when I started for you guys. Okay. So I was already way... Yeah. In, no. 07 was Hot Clicks. So yeah, it was the year before. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. All right. So everyone sort of knows, I think, your deal with Brent Musburger, FSU, and... 
all this internet stuff that's gone on, but I think you have a fascinating story just throughout everything. And I know a little bit about Jen with her career doing comedy and trying out for WWE. So I felt like we'd sort of do like a whole yeah. recap of I'm things. I'm like the kid that's still trying to figure out what she wants to be when she grows up. Well, let's, do, <laughs> let's start at the end first. What are you doing now? What's going on now? So right now I'm doing a... You know, I'm doing stand-up. I've done a lot of comedy writing. I just finished working on a show, um, writing on a show for Comedy Central called The Upside. It was with Ian Carmel, and that was a ton of fun. Uh, you know, I think people are still trying to figure out the right way to do a, a sports show that's comedic, you know. Very uh, hard to do. Everyone, everyone thinks they're going to reinvent it, and they're yep. going to figure it out. And I don't think that we have quite nailed the model for it yet very hard to do yeah but we'll figure it out eventually yeah. i think part of that is because people take sports so seriously and i'm like it's a game yeah i have to remind my husband that too because my my husband plays professional baseball and, and when he when he gets butter at the end uh. of the day i'm like you realize you play a game for a living right, right, right. like you have one of the coolest jobs that like little kids want right. to have but that's a baseball know? thing they like to get upset about nonsense oh of course yeah of course. Like a guy hustling to first base on a walk, right? <laughs> yes, that's pure nonsense. You don't get extra points if you hustle to first base on and you a give walk. A, and you give it the, uh, the old Jesus point? Yeah, you don't get extra points on a walk if you get there in one second or two seconds. No. Um, in your case, five seconds. Yeah. But he does get pissed. One thing Cody does get pissed about is like work ethic when it comes to, to people. When he, like, If you don't run it out to first... And there's, there's a chance. You don't know what's going to happen. Right, it may right. look like you're smoking it at the third baseman. But what if he drops the ball? But it, you can still reach. I don't even want to get into that. That's a whole other thing. It's just whatever. That's, I, well, that's baseball. Baseball, there are players who don't run out every single ground ball. The players yeah. who do are a rarity. But whatever. Yeah. But, but, but Jen has a point, though. Cody runs out everything. It doesn't always look like he's running, but he tries. <laughs> I'll be, I bet you if I watch every like at-bat, I bet you if I watch every at-bat, I could find an at-bat where he didn't run it out. Oh, no, you uh, can't. Oh, yes, I can. Every Challenge 500 accepted. at bats in a season. I'm sure there's Challenge one or two. Challenge accepted. But, but not even about the hustle. It's what Jen said. He's going to tweet you so angrily when this comes yeah, out, by the way. I'll, I'll, I'll find one. My, my best friend played college baseball and was probably the best athlete I ever played with. He, he is the best and worst person to watch a game with because he can call things as they're happening. Being a catcher, he was, I would throw this pitch here, I would throw that pitch here. Okay, that guy's oh, yeah. getting, that guy's getting off the of first smart, base. They're the smartest guys on the field, but they're also the most in their head, which makes them terrible batters most of the time. <laughs> Unless they're like, there's the rare exception, you know, yeah, like Buster my, Posey and things like that. Right. But, but so many of them are just like, they're, are, they're thinking the way they would think. Right, but when someone challenges the game or the way the game has changed with the shift and all the saber metrics, I'll get my phone, will go off, and he's just on one of his tornado-type tangents where these guys never picked up a bat in their life and they're telling us how to do that. Like, well, I mean, the game's, you have to also, the game evolves. I mean, you have to, even, whether you like it or not, the game's changing. Of so course. Like when I gave Kaplan last week, he said... Relief pitcher starting games is going to be commonplace in a couple in a few yeah, years. Yeah, so but that's, think about what that's going to do to like starters' money, though. <clears throat> they're not, not going to be able to demand. Something tells the me they'll pay. be just fine. I have a funny <laughs> feeling they're not going to be shopping it. You know, but no, but Walmart. it also is going to be limiting. You know, it, it's going to be changing the way we look at pitch counts. Yeah, really everything's going to change, but the game's changing. Might save a lot of so arms, wait. Too. So you're talking here. Do you love baseball? Like your husband's a baseball player. So are you forced to love it, or do you really love it? I've always. I've enjoyed baseball since I was really introduced to it. Like, I, I mean, I was raised 
to love sports. You know, my dad was taking me to every baseball stadium he could possibly take me to when I was a kid, um, every football stadium. Like one of my first uh, football games I went to was a University of Miami game. <laughs> what was my dad thinking? Um, because it was it was back in the days where they were playing in like that trash can of a stadium. Right, right, right. Yeah, I had no business in that part of Miami that as the, a child. Yeah, Was that the orange, that was the orange Bowl? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah right? the orange Bowl. My father went to an Oklahoma-Miami game. My father's a huge Oklahoma Sooners fan. And this was in when Testaverde was still quarterbacking. So this had to be 1987, 88. That might have been the game that I went to, actually. And it was number one against number two. Yes. And it was absolutely insane. And my father's there with his Brian Bosworth jersey on. And he's in this sea of orange and green and white. And he said, this is where the national champions, the best team in college football <laughs> yeah. plays. We're, was, sitting on, yeah, we're sitting on picnic benches. He was just like shocked. Oh, yeah. It's it brutal. A, it but I mean, I've seen some of the best stadiums. I've seen some of the worst stadiums. That's just the way my dad raised me, though, is he was always taking me to different sporting events. Because um, I think he... I think he always wanted a boy, and he, he never got one. He tried twice and then was like, nope, cutting the tubes off now. So when you went to Florida State, were you, you were already a college football fan, or did you get into it? I was already you... a college football okay. fan, but... I was a University of Miami fan. Really? At Florida State? At Florida State. So for my first year at Florida State, I, was, I wasn't I was really ingrained in the football culture. Like I would go and I would enjoy the games for what they are just because I can enjoy a football game. But I think it was my second year there that I really embraced the fact that I was a student at Florida State and Miami was not my team. You know, so the year- you have to support the school that's giving you a free education. So the year you were on shown on TV and Brett Musburger said what he said. Were you a senior at that point, or uh, I was a f- I was a yeah a senior. Oh okay, no, <laughs> it was my first time being a senior. I was gonna say, How I, about that? <laughs> well, I was going to say I didn't like. I, I was going to ask if because if you were on a senior and you had to like go back to classes after that, yeah. How crazy was that? Like, no one recognized me, Jimmy. Okay. I would go to school and like, uh, and like everyone else was dressing up for classes and like in sororities and stuff. I bartended five nights a week, not to like pay for my school because that was paid for by scholarship. I just paid like my life fees. You know what I mean? So after Brent Musburger, you were shown on camera and he said whatever he said. You, I was just going to school like class like Clark Kent. No one knew who I was. After that, yes. Okay, so no one knew who I was. So when did then you? So how did it People become... thought I was a stripper that just showed up at games. <laughs> okay. okay, then how did that translate into sort of a career? Like, what was the first thing that you did in the sports media world, world after that? Oh, God. Like, how did it go from Brett Musburger seeing you on TV and saying something to you? To sports media? Yeah. Well, I did Maxim and I did the Playboy thing. Um, and then Arash hit me up. Arash Markazi, who's yes, now at ESPN exactly. after he was at SI. Right, okay. So Arash hit me up and he was like, hey, I want to do a story, you know, on right. you, blah, blah, blah. And we talked a little bit and he's like, I think he came to you guys and said, she's actually kind of funny and like well-spoken and like she actually is getting a degree. So maybe we let her write it on her own. So SI was the first and thing. And just Arash was just lazy as shit. Right, right. Well, Arash, <laughs> he didn't want to write the article. Arash is the best. He used to work at SI. We worked together and now he's at ESPN. He's wonderful. He is. No one has a life quite like Arash's life. He, if you want to be famous and you are a hot girl, find Arash. (laughs) Even if you're not a hot girl, like he, everything he does is just unbelievable. So, okay. So SI was really your first thing then. Yeah. All right. So we, and you did like the campus tour. We sent you on like the tailgating videos and you wrote for us and you did all this stuff at SI. Yep. Okay. And then that ends. And then what was the next sort of venture? 
that ends. And then I, I got picked up. I did like some mobile stuff when like mobile video was just becoming a thing. And then I got hired by ABC ESPN to do uh, like... Very similar stuff to what I was doing at, at SI. You know, right. it was just, I was doing all of the college basketball, like, pregame video type things. Now, back at this point, this is before there was the whole Brett Favre thing, which we're not oh, going yeah. to spend hours on. But did you find, at this point, were people taking you seriously? Were you getting some blowback? Like, oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. You're just hiring her. I think I'm like, always going to get that blowback. But was it, me? was it... <laughs> Was it was that different before the Favre thing, or like were things easier to deal with and easier to work? And no, no, no okay. I don't think so. Okay. I don't, I don't think anyone took me seriously until two thousand nine when I took out my implants. When I took out my implant, when I did the explant, I feel like people. You really think it's that simple? It had a lot to do with it. Yeah, when you have big hair and big boobs and fake nails, like everyone just goes, "She's from Jersey." They don't. <laughs> they they didn't want anything to do with me. And I had a, I had a producer that hired me at at Versus, and he looked at me and he straight in the face and was like, "If you wouldn't have had an explant, we wouldn't be even having a conversation with you right now." Wait, he told you if you didn't have implants, if I didn't have an explant, if I hadn't taken oh, out my implants, I didn't even know that. Yeah, that's how explant, okay. implant, explant. So if I wouldn't have had the explant, then it should be exit plant, not in <laughs> exit, not ex. Right. Yeah, if I wouldn't have taken them out, he's like, we wouldn't even be having a conversation with you. It's interesting. I but wonder, he's not I the only that... person that that said that to me. You know, like I had other, I had other executives that. One who I, I really, really respected. Um, I don't know where he is now, but he was at, at Fox at the time. And I went out to California like after I worked for the Jets, just as kind of like a like a sabbatical to like clear my head after everything that I'd gone through. And no one really knew at the time like I was I had lost my mind and I was, you know, really really in a bad place and just kinda needed to hit reset after after working in New Jersey. Um when I went out there I was doing like some work on prompter and he was just kind of helping me like hone my voice a little bit more for TV stuff. And the guy said, you know, Jen, it's, it's so weird because you're a funny girl, you're charismatic, you know, your stuff. He's like, but when you walk into a room, those are so distracting. And a, a producer said this, not just, uh, oh, he wasn't a producer. He was higher than that. Yeah. And he was just like, they're just really distracting. And I valued his opinion, you know? So it was, it's just amazing because if those comments were made today, Oh, yeah. The party's over. See, but I find a lot of women... But he wasn't saying it in like a derogatory way. Right, but... He was he, saying it more in a career right, advice thing because... Right. And I, I give out the vibe that we can talk about this. Like, it's an open book. You're not... He's not saying it to he's me in a slimy way. He's not coming from a sexual way. harassment but, place. No. He's, coming, he's coming from a, look, this is going to either make or break your career or this is yes. going to help you out. Because I feel sometimes, you know, and I'm obviously not a woman, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you 100%. don't. 100%. Because if you don't, then, well, she doesn't want it. She's not trying to do whatever she can to get the job. And then if you do have that surgery done, then it's, look at that, she's trying too hard. I just, yeah. oh, the, you know, it was the, an overcorrection. Right. Oh, they, they, they walk in five time. minutes before she does, and that's the way she wants it. You know what I And, and it's, people, you know, it's people an unenviable me, position to be in. Yeah, and people ask me all the time, they're like, do you regret having the surgery? And I'm like, here's the thing about my life in general. As much as I would like to look back and regret certain things, I can't take back a single step that's happened to me because I don't know X, Y, and Z what got me to this point. Mm-hmm. I know? just, I still don't, listen, uh, what, no matter what place he was coming from, those comments still wouldn't fly today because you just can't be. But it, goes but it also depends on who he's talking to. No, you to. can't, the way things are now, 
you're not going to just openly discuss someone's looks like that. It's just not going to no. fly these days. It's just not. But I want to I want to stay on track here because I don't want to because I want to do it in order because there's so many things that are fun. <laughs> so you A A B C E S P N. You did that mobile stuff. After that, was that versus after that or And you, then Fox? I went and then I went to versus. God, I went to versus probably it's so funny to hear Versus because for people who don't know Versus NBC is now Sports. NBC Sports. Yes. They were Versus for like a year or and two. And what was Versus? What was it before Versus? I think it was like the Cycling Channel or it was something. The Outdoor Life yeah. Network. Yeah. yeah. So come on, know your trivia. That's not important. So Versus. <laughs> that's not trivia. That's info. Did, it's shitty information. No one cares about. What did you do at Versus? Uh, I so I, for Versus I kind of did like a web. I was supposed to be like the voice of the web when before people were talking about what people said on Twitter and like what the hot takes were on Twitter and using people's tweets and shows like we were trying to find a cool way to integrate that into a television show. It's another sh like that show that you were on, on Versus I feel like is ahead like of everyone's its time. doing everything now on the internet. Yes. Yeah. I've always been ahead mm. of the time and ahead of the curve <laughs> and it's just like the rest of the world had to catch That's up. That's what everyone's doing now. Same trying to do we, it. We we actually discussed gambling on my show. Right, right. We right. had a guy called Rob the Numbers guy right. and he would literally break down the lines. And what year was this? 2010. Okay. Yeah. So, so in 2010 was when I, I started working for Versus. Right. And when did the job with the Jets start? Uh, the job with the Jets was in 2008. Okay. So that was so Versus was after the Jets. Yeah. Thing. Okay. The Jets thing, forget the Favre thing. I, your job was just to like pump up the crowd, right? And yeah. And be like the and game day host. I was host. working in New Jersey. Like they Is don't that, need to be pumped up. Like they show up pumped up. I know it's probably hard for you to put it in context after what happened, but forget... Putting aside what happened, is that a good job? Like, is that fun, or is it? I that I would annoy can, the hell out of me to try to like be. get a crowd all riled up. I'd be like, I don't really care if you. I think it that. can be. I think it was again. It was before in stadium hosts were like a real thing, and I don't right. think it really had come to New York yet. Like the Yankees didn't have one then. Um, I this is a tough city to work in yeah, in yeah. a sports context because you're under such scrutiny, and I don't think any other city in the world compares to this as far right. as when it comes to being a sports personality. Like the Jets stink. They're one of the biggest embarrassing franchises in sports. And if they're losing a game, they really don't need someone on a microphone being like, let's go. I'm going to shoot a t-shirt into the crowd. Let's go cheer on. The oh yeah, no, they were going to throw it back at me. No, That's but they were actually, fun, I will say this. like a horrible trip. No, but Jets fans right. were so good to me. Right. Well, they really, good. they really were. Like for all of the crap they get online, Jets fans were good to me. That's and good to like hear. even when like the microphone would go out because <laughs> it would be, they would send me out in the middle of a rainstorm with right. electronic device, and I'm like, right. well, I had a good run. But even when the microphone would go out, the crowd would cheer because they would know it wasn't my fault. Right. Either that, or they were just tired of hearing my voice right. over the microphone. Well, that's good to hear that they were good to you. <laughs> Jets fans were so good to me. How many years did you do the Jets? Just one yeah. season. Just one season. Yeah. So was it was it at the end of that season where the Farf stuff all hit? The no, wall? it was the whole season. But when it came out, like when Dead. Oh no, that came out in 2010. It was two years later. Two years later. Yeah. Okay, so two years after you worked for the Jets, that came out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And it was it was after my explant. It was after like everything. So you thought things were calm. Oh yeah, my life was back on track. So okay, so you had your implants taken been. out. You're at versus. You think everything's like on the up and up. Everything's going good, and then yes. Dead Spin burns you, yeah. and the far thing happens. Okay, and that did a number on you. Oh my god. Physically, mentally, everything. All of the above. Career-wise. All of the above. And still to this day, like, you feel like it's still there, right? Yeah. I, you know, I, I thought about, I, we talked about this a little bit yesterday when I, you know, we met up and we caught up. It's, um, 
it's still something that I feel like when I go into rooms that while I don't have my implants anymore, I feel like I'm walking a giant elephant into the room on a leash and like it sits next to me and like everyone's waiting to like bring this up. And I don't know if it's something that like I'm doing subconsciously or if like people actually see me that way. But even when I'm walking around on the streets and people recognize me, I'm like, oh, do they recognize me as, oh, that's Jen Sturger or do they recognize me as, oh, that's the Brett Favre girl. Right. And I don't want to be the latter, obviously. Right. right. You know, um, but it was a big reason why I left New York and why I went to Los Angeles was you can only be on the post cover so many times before you're like, I'm out. Right. I'm out. They put me on the cover of the post one weekend when I was moving. Like they were literally trying to take pictures of me while I was like sweating my ass off trying to move into an apartment. And None I was of like, that I is. Can't. But that's not surprising. I but. There's bigger people in New York City to bother. Like, yeah, but the post, it's a perfect New York Post story. I mean, yeah. that's what the New York Post lives for. Yeah, and they would love, they love to dredge up like old pictures of me and like <laughs> 2008 when I had like the big fake boobs and things like that. And I'm just like, that's not even what I look like anymore. Again, it's the New York Post. I think, Again, you know, yeah, exactly. Like, so, so glad I can, my cleavage can help you sell some papers. So over the past, I guess, I don't know, year, year and a half, I don't know the, when the Me Too um, movement has really dominated and exploded, are you thinking daily about what if what happened to me then happened now and how would the reaction be different? Because back then, I think you, even though you didn't do anything wrong in this story where Deadspin posted this thing that you were told, you told them was off the record, you got blowback for it. So Do you think... Like, so over the past year, year and a half with Me Too, where everyone, you know, people are really coming together and women are sticking together with this movement. Do you think, how, I mean, how much is it in your head? Like, how different would it be now if that happened to you and the support oh, you would get? That goes through my head every single day. And, you know, uh, it, it's so, it's so hard for me because it's such a double edged sword. And it's still something that, like, I literally go to therapy for every week where I'm just like, why now is there so much support for something that happened to me? Well, I have my theory on 10 that. 10 years ago yeah. when like back then I was by myself, like right. on this island, you know, kind of dealing with it. And it was, it was really hard for me back then because I was watching women that were my friends, women, other women that know damn well that this took place. They were attacking me right. because it was what the narrative was supposed to be but, in sports at the time. You so know what, what I mean? What exact? Okay, so what exactly was the attack on you though? So you got these pictures from Brett Favre. And she then, deserved it. She had to have been doing something. Okay, stuff okay. that would not fly right. now. I think those are also. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to paint every athlete with a broad brush, but it's not exactly uncommon behavior for an athlete to do something like that. So I don't know why it would get turned around you but you know maybe that's just because i've gotten to know a lot of athletes over the years yeah so. no i i just think that i was an easy scapegoat you know when it came when it came down to it I, I think we were in a different time back then when people specifically fans were not ready to hear that their heroes were not what they thought they right were. i think right a lot I mean? of it a, I, I i think i may have said this to you i don't know if i so much of it is timing because again back then twitter was just like if this happened today i don't think any fans would be shocked no. And I don't think anyone would be attacking you for what happened. I think no. it would be I totally think, different. I mean, there are still going to be people that are going that are going to attack you. But I mean, they're in the minority. Whereas before, right. it was the majority. Right. And I, I just think that there's been a, a different voice that's kind of taken over, 
mostly since the election where we're just people are just fed up with it and there's a shift that's taking place not just in our country but around the world and that women are are finally speaking up against things that but that has to be a trip for you where where you're seeing women who were it's hard not to get jaded It, it really is so you had women at the time who were sort of not supporting you and maybe criticizing you for the Favre mess, and now they're probably on Twitter. Oh, they're just huge feminists now. Right, right, it's, right, and right. that's and I and I call out that hypocrisy. And it's not to be a bitch or to be you know undermining the the female movement because like look, we all change, we all grow up, we all you know like our my opinions now are not the same as my opinions in my twenties. You know, I would never have worn some of the things I wore in my twenties if they were now, um, but. I get that people change, but at the same time, like you, you have to recognize that you did things wrong, and right. I think that that's one of the things that I I just wanted is an apology. Yeah, and that's something that I think now more than ever, the hardest thing you'll ever have to do in your life is to accept an apology from someone you're never going to get. Right, like to forgive, to so, truly forgive someone. You're not forgiving right. someone for them; you're forgiving someone for yourself. So there was never an apology from Favre. No. Was there one from the NFL? No. The Jets? No. Deadspin? Yes. Okay. That's interesting. Yes. For people that don't know the full story, Deadspin had known what happened. Jen told them off the record, and then they decided, well, we don't care about off the record. We're going to print this. Is that pretty much the gist of it? Okay. So they apologized. Yeah. Because uh, at the time, you know, Deadspin and sites like Deadspin and Barstool and things like that, um, they're very niche. They're very authentic. But at the same time, like... I wouldn't call it journalism. And so it's like a weird slippery slope with does off the record, on the record mean anything to them? Right. I don't know. if Do you know I don't I mean? necessarily think they would say it's journalism. I mean, they're... I, but I, that's I, how I they would, get away with it, where well, it's I like off the record things, right. you know? Whereas if I told a journalist off the record, they're not going to publish that, or they shouldn't. Yeah. I, I also just think at the time, Deadspin was this site that you know, was going balls to the wall and AJ Delario was posting many things that it was the wild west. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, listen, look what happened to him. You know what I mean? With the Hulk Hogan thing. So it sort of funny story. The lawyer (laughs) that did the Hulk Hogan case is actually my lawyer. Interesting. Wait, the, (laughs) the, um, wait, who was his lawyer? What was this guy's name? Uh, my lawyers are, uh, Ken Turkel. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm Jeff, thinking of Jeff Brown else. and, and okay. they're down in Florida. So they were Hulk Hogan's lawyers. Yeah. Okay. So they, so they knew the dead spin history then when they oh, were in yeah. the Hogan case. And oh, then, they were familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but even then, like the dead spin stuff with AJ, I think ultimately they just really wanted to get to, to Denton. You know what I mean? Like they just wanted to get to Gawker. Right. Like AJ was just a pawn. Right. In that, in that regard. I, I agree. I agree with that. It was bigger. There's always a bigger story than than what it looks like. And that was something that like the mm. going through the whole media scandal that I went through showed me is that the media is so easily manipulated because it's always about their agenda. And one of the things that I've really had to work on through the years is as much as I want to like get some kind of closure from telling my story and right. to like get people to hear my side of it. That's never going to make me feel better. Like right. I'm never going to feel like a complete person again just by telling my story over and over again because right. they don't care about what happens to me. The person reporting the story doesn't care what happens to me. They just they just want the story. Right. You right. know? Well, I think I mean I, I get a little like I'm at a point where like I can't tolerate like the media bashing only because of what's going on with oh, the no, psychopath in the White House and the whole <laughs> fake news thing. But I will say this. Listen, 
the whole fake news thing has completely gotten out of control and it's complete bullshit. It, there's real news out there. There's so much it's real news out very there. very real. And if you have any brains, you can figure out what's real. People just want to say fake news because of this maniac. But having said that, I've said this since probably when I first started writing hot clicks, and I've said this a million times. At the end of the day, though, you know, media, and I'm using air quotes for those of you, <laughs> it's still a, a business where people are trying to make money. Yes. So it's a, I don't, I'm not smart enough to figure out how you sort of manage this thing where you're trying to make money, which means you have to do things that people are interested in, and being on, you know, totally the, you know, up and up the and up not and doing up. anything salacious or it's not easy, especially now when there are eight trillion options at your fingertips. Yeah. So I actually think things are way worse now than they were even back then. Like, oh, back yeah. then, so like, many you know, things that are that are non-stories become stories right. now. And I'm like, what's the point of this? Article? It's sort of like two to, like you're you were a hundred percent right when you said early a few, a few seconds ago, like Deadspin back then and the internet was the wild, wild west. It really was. When that the, you know, the AJ was running Deadspin, the Favre thing, the whole, it was the wild, wild west. And things have really gone the other way now. People but are trying to do more credible work completely now. out of control with Twitter and Facebook and people making oh, shit yeah. up nonstop 24-7. So it's, I, you know, I don't know what's better or worse. It's a crazy kind of thing. Yeah, I feel like now, especially with uh, all of the fake articles and stuff that you that pop up in your, like, Facebook feed, where yeah. it's like, oh, my God, why does my dad keep sharing right. these? Um, like, those type things, they... <laughs> they definitely mess with our election. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And that's, but like that, that's neither here nor there. And when it comes to this story, I'm just yeah. saying that the media was very much, it showed me that in order to like get parts of my story out, the media people that I dealt with or that my manager at the time dealt with was, it was always a trade thing. They would always be like, well, what can you give us right. to run this for? Like you have to give us something, you know, like this bit of piece of information and this. And I feel like, so much of that back and forth dragged my situation out so much longer than right. it needed to be. Right. Like I wanted to speak in October when it was and just get over with. And the network that I was working for at the time and the managers I was working with at the time, no one wanted me to speak um, because they didn't feel like I had an obligation to because I wasn't an actual employee of the NFL. Right. You know, Right. so I wasn't under any obligation to speak to them or cooperate with them. But I did. Um, and I did that only because I didn't have anything to hide, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It's also, it, it, it's also another example of the different times because back then Twitter was in its infancy and like if that happened now, you could just tell your whole story on Twitter and you don't have to rely on the media nope. or anyone else to tell exactly. your story. So it would have been a whole different thing Exactly. Too. Like people don't realize, like I turned over 18 binders <laughs> of text messages, emails, like everything, all from, my entire all from, life. From, all from Brett Favre? Or no, from, no, no, no. Oh, okay, from okay. 2008, I right. had to show them my entire life. The NFL? The NFL wanted my entire life. Wow. In in binders. Uh, so In order to prove my own innocence. Right. Whereas so, I was the one that had had things happen to me, yet I was right. the one that was kind of on trial. So what was, so what was the... I know this is probably the wrong word because there wasn't one, but what was the resolution? Like, how did it end? So you turned over the binders and what was the final? The final resolution was just, we're going to fine him for not cooperating because he wouldn't turn over anything. Oh, right, 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 right. And right. I was like, why do you need him to turn over anything? What are you going to do, cross-reference it? Oh, yeah. That's interesting. Like, what do you just, like, you have all of the proof that you need as right. far as my binders go. Like, your FBI agents were the ones that downloaded this. Right. So. So they fine him. Yeah. And now... Are you without a job at this point? 
I mean, I'm a freelancer, so I'm constantly without a job. But then you you find it hard to get work after that. Yeah, but I mean, some of that is my own, is my own, and it's something that I, it's hard to admit, but some of that I feel like is my own fault because I, I went through a period where I questioned whether or not I was good at what I did Mm -hmm. or I was hireable, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it makes you reading the things about yourself that people were writing about me on the internet makes you gut check everything. Right. And like I went through like an identity crisis where I was like, all right, is this something I even want to do anymore? You know, because I loved sports like sports was like my first true love. And I felt like sports burned me. Right. Really bad. Right. right. And like burned me in like a really public breakup way. Right. And when I when I ask what you're, you know, if about not being able to get work, I also mean you were also then going through this sort of, I guess, depression. I mean, everything oh, from yeah. that case, it's hard to go to work when that's I, going I on have, as well. I've been diagnosed with PTSD. Right. You know, I go through mm-hmm. a therapy now called EMDR, and it's to teach me how to not be, um, I mean, I hate to use the word triggered because like so many people right, overuse right, right, it, right, right, right. but it's to try to get me to like not be so like right. have a panic attack in public when I'm out and people are talking about me around me and right. they don't know it's me, right. which happens a lot. Right. You know, I was at a party the other day at, at an ESPYs party and someone started talking to me. I was talking about working in New York and, uh, you know, in the 2000 in, in mid 2000s. And they were like, oh, my God, were you there during the Jets like Favre thing? And I and my girlfriend was just sitting there like, oh, my God, do I do I step in? Do I do it? she's going to kill him? You know, and I, um, you know, situations like that, it takes everything in my power to like not throw a table or a drink or just storm away and just. Or, or shut down. Right. Like, there's just so many reactions that you have when it's something that you've gone through that's that traumatic. And if anyone doesn't think that it's traumatic, like, right. you're just minding your own business and basically get thrust into a national right. scandal. No one's going to really understand it no. until they have, like, a thing where they go through this crazy sort of... Yeah. So no amount of therapy and my therapist incident. telling me how to deal with things right. was ever going to solve that problem. Right. All right. So let's... So... What was your first gig after sort of the Favre? After I did like the the exit interview? Because I, I did the interview with, with GMA, with George Stephanopoulos. Okay. And uh, and people people were tearing me apart online for that too. She looks too pretty. She didn't cry enough. She cried too much. Like you are never going to please everyone right, when everyone has an opinion. Right. Um, when people don't realize, like I was so heavily medicated and I was so, I was so done. Right. And I just wanted out of the situation right. and just to go back to work. So, so you, my first job. So you always wanted to keep working. Even after that, you said sports burn you, but you wanted to keep working in sports. Or did you ever have a time where you're like, I'm getting out of sports? I did. At this. Yeah, okay. I did. You know, and I, and so after that, you know, after the interview, I started doing more like entertainment sports crossover stuff. Okay. And so I did some stuff for uh, Fox, the the Daily. It was an app they had that I think was just again ahead of its time. I was it, would, say. it would thrive now, right? Um, but I, I just think it was ahead of its time when it when it started. So what was that? What was on? It was. Um, what was the content? It was like they would send me out into the field to try different sports because I was reasonably athletic. So it was video. Yeah, it was an video. app with video. Always video. So you an app with video, you're, again, definitely ahead of your time. Ahead That's of my time. everyone wants now on these websites. Exactly. Is, but, but Video, again, video, video, even though no one watches it. Ahead of, the, ahead of time. Right. Um, so I, they would send me out and have me try different sports and things like that. Um, I think they were actively trying to kill me. Uh, I broke my neck once. I For Fox Sports? Yeah. 
Uh, did you get workman's comp, I hope, at no. least? Why not? When you're an independent oh, you're contractor, right, when you're a right, freelancer, right. they're like, sorry. But how bad? Like, did you have to have surgery? No. Oh, I just okay. had to have a neck brace. But what was really bad is so I was hosting that show at the time, and then I was also um, working at Spike TV, and I was hosting okay. like a like a bowling show that was like an interstitial thing where I would interview celebrities while we would bowl and do dumb pranks and stuff like it, that. And Here's the thing. I know you've said like, you know, you're still looking for that job, like, you know, or, or, or maybe like the doors haven't been open. You've had like so many freaking jobs, it seems like. Like you have had a ton of jobs. I have. It's amazing. Cause you just said Spike, like another. Yeah. Okay. Spike TV. I right. worked for Fuel. Fuel was actually my first job. I take that back. Before Fuel SI. Fuel hired me okay. before I had even done my exit interview. And I was like, listen. Oh, after the far thing was yeah. Fuel. Okay. Fuel was the first thing because they were like, we don't give a crap about that. Right, right. But you know where my first gig was? Fuel was like, so look, we're doing this live fight night thing for Fuel TV. Uh, it's going to be great. Uh, we really want you to come work it. P.S. It's, uh, it's in... It's in near Green Bay. It's in Wisconsin. <laughs> oh, God. But you know what? In a way, that's good because it shows that... I had that, to work in front but, of a live audience in Wisconsin. But in a way, that's good because it shows you that Fuel really didn't care about... No. It wasn't even in, in Either their, that or they just wanted to see what would happen. Or they were trolling you. Yeah, yeah, Exactly. Yeah. They could have been trolling me right, so right. hard. Um, so but Fuel, it was fun. Fox, Spike, this all happened And again, after. the people of Wisconsin were great to me. They were so nice. The only people that aren't nice to me... Are people in Minnesota? Why I don't is, think I'm oh, allowed to go to. But Minnesota. why in Minnesota? He was with the Vikings at the time. Oh, he wasn't. Oh, because it was after he. It was two years after he left the Jets. Okay, yeah. I got you. I got you. Which is weird. Like, why the Vikings would have any affiliation to Brett Favre is ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, you guys were not going to win that year anyway. Right. Calm yeah. down. Yeah, that was a, that's ridiculous. That Vikings fans would have an allegiance to him. Um, all right, so Fox, the app, then that goes away. Yeah. And then, when, then where do you go? Uh, I went to go work and I did some red carpet stuff, but it really wasn't my vibe. Like they would send me out to do entertain straight entertainment reporting, and I was just so disinterested. Right. I was like, oh, like so I would have to go interview people from The Bachelor, and I was like, oh god, they'd be like, don't show them drunk, and I'm like, why am I here? <laughs> like, <laughs> don't show them drunk. Why else would you want to? Interview I'm like, they've them? been drinking since right. 9 a.m. Right. It's 2 p.m. They are yes. hammered. You gotta like, make, make sure the people on The Bachelor look good. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So it was just. So is that when the WWE thing happens after that? Where? Yeah, so um, WWE. So Jen tried out for the WWE. What year was this? 2013. 2013. So did you do, so take me through this whole thing. I somehow passed their physical. Okay, so. Don't know how that happened. Were you in NXT? Like it was, no. it, it was it NXT at the time or was it the? It was still it was NXT. It yeah, was they NXT. Were at full, they were at full sale. Full sale. So were no. you at full sale? Were you where, where did you do all this stuff? So all this stuff for when you go through like a divas training camp, it was all done in Los Angeles, like in okay. a training facility out there, and it was like a, an audition course for like a month. Okay, you know, and you're good friends with Lana, right? Mm-hmm. And she was there. Mm-hmm. And who were like some of the? They're not divas anymore now. They're superstars. Who were some of the women superstars who we would know that you were there with? Ava Marie was there in that class. Um, JoJo was in that class as well. You know, she was like fresh out of high school. She was, yeah, she was so young. Um, It was, it was a good crop. Okay. Now, no offense. And I, I I don't want to, I'm not judging a woman's look. So no one come after me, but you're not a big individual. You're tiny. Yeah. They had no trepidations. About, like, size doesn't matter to them in terms of, like, you're going to be thrown. Alexa Bliss is smaller than I am. Is she? Okay. Yes. JoJo's right. smaller than I am. 
I'm surprised they don't. All right. It's I guess not, if you could handle being thrown around the ring, wrestling's then... about strength right. and like durability. Okay, uh, I lacked the latter. I, I'm strong, but my body's made out of graham crackers. Okay, <laughs> like, so but did you did you like learn mo- like did you were take bumps and stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, you were getting body slammed and suplexed and all that. Yeah, stuff. okay. It okay. wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't fun. And like by the third. By like the second week, I I was already injured. So like they had to take me to like get X-rays and MRIs, and I had to get a steroid shot in my ass. And I was like, there goes my baseball career. <laughs> and I just remember being like, this is this is how it starts. Right, 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 this, right. And, and <laughs> I had never had one of those injections until then. Right. And they when they gave it to me, they were like, it's gonna sting for a second. And I was like, no, this is fine. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm screaming so loud. They're like, they can hear but you they're in giving the lobby. You, they're giving you a steroid injection for an injury? Yeah. That's I mean, not like a steroid steroid, right, like right. an illegal one. But right, like, right. I mean, it's medically necessary to right. help me recover because I was just in pain. So you didn't love this training period then? It wasn't. I loved the. Th- like, did you love the, were you loving the business of it? Or? Yes. Okay. And right. so, so I was just not cut out. My neck wasn't cut out for being a diva it right. just really or a superstar it just really wasn't cut out for in-ring activities um i had all the all the heart in the world but i just yeah. couldn't do it was it um, weird like you so you were so when i said you were friends with lana lana's real name is cj who was with you at the florida state game yes. next to you when brett musburger and roommates in los angeles right. yeah so was it is it weird for you that she's gone on to this big career and you oh, didn't no. make the wwe or you don't care no i'm okay. so proud of her okay. and it's and you know i think everybody has their own path and i and wwe did try to find a way to use me in like the like an announcer type way i just think uh i was meant for other things right you know right um, and you know, they, I was, I was in the same kind of like class as Renee Young and she's gone on to do amazing work for them. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just don't, now that I look and see what's, what, you know, they've had her do and what her roles become, I don't know that I would have been happy being controlled by one thing. That right. is the one that the part of being a freelancer I enjoy is that I don't know what I'm doing every day yeah, when yeah. I wake up. Well, you work for the WWE. You are under their control. You're under their control. No matter yes. what. And you got to get everything approved. You can't do anything. And they're a wonderful company to work yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they know? don't let you do anything without them approving it. And Yeah, you know, because it's their brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but CJ's, you know, CJ's, to answer your question, CJ's done such great work. And I'm so proud of the fact that they're letting her do more and more in ring. Because right, right. she is athletic she is extremely talented dancer and so i'm interested to see how that background plays into her you right. know advancing as a and you're still good friends you were at her wedding oh yeah rusev seems they like they were at my wedding and it was so funny because he what he, is that like when like rusev is at your wedding are people like it's rusev who, day yeah like are people like who's this monster <laughs> at the at the wedding is he dancing or is, is oh he, he's so great yeah. i love miro yeah. he's He's so funny because I guess he was on a keto diet when he came to our wedding. Oh, God. And so they were passing out all the meat. And he's like, I need more meat than this because he's a ginormous right. man. Right. And so he takes a picture because they bring him out literally a family style serving for a table of 12 oh, for my. himself. Oh, my God. And he was like, weddings are like Chipotle. When you ask for extra meat, they give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Oh, my God. That's he's great. So great. Rusev. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's funny. Um. So ha- he's so- slyly funny. Yeah. Yes. On yes, the DL. Yes. His Instagram is great. Um, so how does so the WWE thing? How does that end? Does it end with them cutting you or you? It just didn't work out. Right. 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 Yeah. 
Just didn't work out. It didn't work out. I was starting stand-up at the time, too, and I was really enjoying it. Now, the stand-up you still do. Yeah. How, on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the worst, how terrifying is stand-up? It depends. Like, it, well, when you first started, were you um, scared shitless? No. Oh, no? No. I really? wasn't scared at all to do stand-up in the beginning. Um, I got told when I started doing stand-up, they were like, Jen, you get on the stage... I don't know if I can say this on the microphone. You could say it. No, but unless they, you don't want to say no, it. No, I don't know if I I don't know if I should say this. But basically they oh, said that I got on the, they said that I got on the stage like like I had this unbridled confidence about me. Like like a guy that had like a really big, you know, oh, thing. Okay. Right, 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 they right. were like, the only guy I know that gets on stage like you is Jamar Neighbors, and he has one of those. So oh. So that, so that's the so key. So I just yeah, I got on stage with this confidence, like I just didn't care. Now what now, when you first started doing stand-up, what were the crowds like? Did the crowds know you no. as the Brent Musburger thing or the Brett Favre thing, or were they just open to hearing you be funny? No, that's the beauty of working in LA is no one knows what football is. <laughs> so like, if I would have started stand-up in New York, I would have had a lot more obstacles to overcome because mm-hmm. I feel like I was much more recognizable in New York, and people obviously are bigger sports fans here. Right. But in LA, no one cares. They're like, what's football? Right, right. You know, despite the fact, you know, USC and UCLA is out there before. This is before we had football teams out there. Right. So then that's great. So you were able to do your thing. And now we have two and no one goes to them. Right. <laughs> and the Raiders will be leaving soon. Well, yeah. they're in Oakland, but yeah, that's uh, football in LA. I don't understand mm-hmm. why that had, was such a necessary thing for the NFL. Um, what the rush of like doing stand up and getting a laugh. Is there anything like that? Or is that like better no. than anything you've done? No, it's like a. It's like a drug. Yeah. It's <clears throat> it's an addiction. Like once you get the first bit of it, you're like, oh, I don't care how bad a night goes. You still want it. It's just that you're always just chasing that laugh and like making people happy. Do you ever get heckled? I've only gotten heckled once. What happened? And it wasn't even like I was being heckled. It was just a drunk guy that was like talking along with me. Oh, and okay. I'm like, I'm... I'm like, sir, I like doing stand-up yeah. the way you like having sex, all right? Alone. <laughs> like, I don't I don't need um this isn't like a two-man act. Right. I no. was like I was like, I'm sorry, I missed. Are you on the lineup tonight? Um So how much time do you spend like writing material? Like that's gotta be You're always writing. You're right. always You're always writing, you're always coming up with ideas, uh, you're always looking back at your notes going was I high when I wrote this? (laughs) Like, oh, um, I write some of my, some of the weirdest stuff I write, I come up with in the middle of the night and I I revisit my notes and sometimes it's genius and sometimes I was like, wow, I was literally just about to fall asleep when I wrote that down. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea what that meant, but whatever. But to craft like a... Like if I read you some of the notes in my phone, you would, you would laugh, but in a way that's like, what what were you even trying right, to write right. down, Jen? <laughs> but uh, tell me about like crafting like a whole like set. Is it the hardest thing you've ever done, or have you done, or is doing TV harder? Like, how, or is it easy for you? Doing to... TV's harder. Really? Yeah, doing TV. See, I would is... think writing a stand up set has to be like the hardest thing in the world to no. do. No, because you're constantly. But it, how do you know if con- it's funny? You get on well, stage you, well, and you tell you, it. Not how do you know if it's funny. How do you know people are going to laugh? That's there's You a, get on stage and you tell it. It's yeah. always a social science experiment. Yeah. You know? Um, because with, with women doing stand-up, there's always this element that people don't want to talk about or acknowledge is different for 
women is it's kind of the same way people feel about female wrestling oddly enough is people don't expect you to be funny right or as funny as men okay um or your looks come into play and they go she can't say that it's making sure that like your voice like you 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 spend years developing your voice and i still don't think that i've really found what mine is yet you right. know because i'll I'll come up with a bit that's super funny, but I'm starting to recognize it won't work for me on stage because of what I look like and just my persona. Do you find... So I give it to someone else. Do you find female comics are more supportive with each other than female media member? Oh, no. Okay. Some are. um, But the same traps, I think fell you know all industries mm-hmm. and i think that that's something that we've got to get better at in general i'm surprised by that supportive. answer i would think com- not just female i mean i would think all comics sort of would stick together and no. look out okay. comedy feels like a bucket of crabs and all the crabs are trying to use each other to get out of the bucket interesting like we're all just scrambling and trying right, to get out of this right. bucket but it's it's a uh, it, it can get to be a dark world, and that's why it's so important the people you surround yourself with. So, how often do you do it now? Like a show? A couple times. Uh, like, a, I mean, not as often as I should, mm-hmm. but honestly, it's because I took like a sabbatical from it because I was planning a wedding, which is basically a job you don't get paid for for like <laughs> nine months. Um, you're an event coordinator. We're right. not paying you any salary, but it, it's it's worth it for a night of your life. Um, and then I had that going on, and then I just, I just kind of needed a break, right. you know. Um, the Me Too stuff really affected me, mm-hmm. and I didn't feel funny right. for a while. Mm-hmm. And it's still something that I am dealing with, that I'm processing, and I'm getting back out on stage, and I'm talking about it. Um, but it, a lot of it comes down to what you just said: is it's, I had some. Uh, some women in comedy that just weren't fans and they bullied the crap out of me for lack of a better word. Yeah. Huh? So it was just a combination of the, you know, those three things and just trying to find my voice again and get back, back out on stage and find what I want to talk about now because my life has changed in the past, you know, year between getting married and, you know, different jobs I've had and, and whatnot. So your comedy is always a reflection of that. And sometimes mm-hmm. if, I, if I'm if i telling jokes that are about my old life, I'm like, this doesn't reflect where I am now. Right, it kind of right. feels like a fraud. Right. Well, now you could do like all marriage material. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I can only pick on my husband so yeah. much. Oh, well, that's always good for, for someone. <laughs> so, you got, so you got married a year ago? Is that what you said? No, in January. Oh, so this year, January. Yeah. Okay, so it's only been six months. Yeah. Yeah, you, you need time for the material to build up for that. I mean, I've I've already got plenty, but yeah, yeah it's it's coming in yeah. fast and furious. So the so the past year with the Me Too stuff, I, I think I've seen you. Correct me if I'm wrong. Like maybe once or twice, like where you've really gone all in on Twitter, like about <laughs> it. Is that like? Is, um, is it is it is it a situation that's where that, that's that rage thing I was talking about? Where like someone says the wrong thing. That's that's, gonna, that's my internet version of flipping a table. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you if it's when you do that, if it's in response usually to stuff you're seeing from people, yes. or is it where you're just like, I've got to say this because I can't believe what's going on right now. And it's usually in response to yeah. things that are going on <clears throat> and feeling like. I never got to say these things, right. so I should put right. them out there now. Right. Um, now, how has the response been when you've done it now? 
much better night and day right. like there's still people there's still like one or two internet trolls but like well, those listen, are for anything you're, never, you're gonna write right. you no, know right you can't if you're gonna go in there thinking you're gonna bat a hundred that's i bet a thousand that's just never gonna happen yeah no it's never gonna happen so <laughs> i would bet a hundred but night, yeah, <laughs> that's easy to do on twitter night and day though is good to hear yeah all right. It's different, and yeah. it's it's comforting to know that the world is changing in that right. regard, and that people are listening, right? And they're believing victims. It's uh, it's really I, I you know that's as sad. a as a man I can't like I the stories you hear about women who go through this and say that they didn't say anything at the time because they didn't think they would be believed. I just I can't just even wrap my brain around that the mm -hmm. horrificness of that being a when real people, thing to deal with when people say like i didn't come forward because i didn't think i'd be believed right i'm like duh look at what happened to me right. and i didn't even come forward i was thrust right. forward right. by right. someone else right and i still wasn't believed right it's if crazy. people think i had anything to gain i'm like here's a newsflash i had to spend probably six grand on a publicist to just help me get out, like to help me center myself as an individual and to help me just be able to put my thoughts coherently together because I was such a mess at the time and emotional. And like you need someone to kind of guide you through like a, a crisis like that. But even if you had something to gain, let's say you did this and you know- the I was only 28. But let's say you had something to gain and you did this with, you know, the goal being like, okay, maybe, you know, Farver, the NFL or someone gives you 500000 to go away, whatever. But you didn't do this. Deadspin did it. So yeah. that's why I don't, that's why that whole thing is weird to me. Yeah. I gained absolutely nothing. You know, I, I lost my entire savings. I lost my job. Like I lost everything. So let's bring it to now. Do you feel like now when you go for jobs, the Favre thing is still there with people? Or do you feel like it's sort of faded a little bit and you can get hired or not hired based on you and your resume and track record and all that stuff? Um, It can go either way. Yeah. It really can. And I, like I said, a lot of it comes down to um, me not carrying it into a room with me and kind of flipping my perspective on it. And it just... This is just something that I've just started working on where it instead of walking into a room and feeling like it's something that I should be ashamed of, I'm trying to look at it more from the perspective of I'm an expert in something that no one else in this room will go through. Right. Like no one else is going to have that experience that I did, um, God willing. Um, and just hopefully the world is going to be a different place for women going forward. Um, so when I walk into a room now, I'm I'm trying to look at it more as... No, I am qualified and I am good at what I do and I have smart opinions and that's what I should be hired right. for. So what's the dream job? What do you wish you were doing now? I'm still figuring that out. Yeah. But I've been writing. I mean, I, I've been writing a lot. Uh, I've been working on, I've written two sitcoms, you know, half hour comedies, uh, both with some kind of a sports background right. because obviously that's what I know. That's what I'm passionate about. I get about the impression still. that no matter, like whatever, whatever you I do, do, you're going to have something involved with sports. And comedy. Yeah. It's going to be funny yeah. and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be funny yeah. and it'll probably have sports to do with it. It's funny because Erin Andrews always tells me that, you know, cause she always branches out and she like, you know, she guest hosted like 
Regis and Kelly or whatever the hell it's called now and like yeah. they put her on this show and that show and she's a dancer with the stars but she she always she always tells me she's like I'm always going to do something with sports like she loves like people think she doesn't she loves doing the NFL like she yeah. always wants to do sport like when you have that thing with I I, I mean I'm I feel this you know I didn't work for a year and it was like I just want to like say something about for sports. For me, it's college. It's college sports. Right. College sports to me just has so much more heart in it, um, and it's less political at this point. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, well, we'll see how long that lasts. Exactly. We'll <laughs> see. We'll see. Um, especially down in the south. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just college sports, particularly college um, baseball and college football, mm-hmm. are my my true loves. Yeah. You know. Yeah. All right. Well. That's, we covered everything, I think. Did we? Did we? I don't know. What didn't we cover? What should we cover? What's left? I'll let you host the next five minutes. What do you want to cover? This isn't my <laughs> job, Jimmy. Uh, you well, know, you, I think we covered it all. Yeah. I feel like there we, was like a thing with ESPN, right? Wasn't there something where you made yeah, some accusations or something? Yeah. What happened? With that? Did that just... It's not even, it's not even worth it. Nothing came about. about of that. No. And I think what it comes down to is I just... I would just like everyone to stop being hypocritical and just kind of admit that it's probably happened under your roof and fix it. Right. You know, I just want people to be accountable. And I just want people to be like, hey, let's be better humans to each other. I don't think that that's too much to ask for. Right. Every person, despite their race, their gender, all that stuff, uh, deserves the right to be able to go to work in an environment that they feel safe and comfortable and welcome in. Right. And happy. Yeah. You know, or as happy as you can be that you're working. That does not sound like an outlandish request. Yeah. Right? right? I don't feel like, I, I mean, maybe I should work in HR. <laughs> but have you found, well, let me ask you this. Like I, like we said, like I feel like you've had a million jobs. Um, one of my, fa- you know what one of my favorite jobs is that I do now? What? I will actually go and speak at college campuses to sports media classes and talk to them about what I went through. Right. And that's one of the favorite things that I get to do now because... I can speak about sports journalism and just the sports industry in general from a perspective that not a lot of people can, you know, and I can say pretty much anything I want because I have nothing to lose. Right. You know? Right. Um, Well, let me ask you this. All these places you've worked, SI, Spike versus Fox, ESPN, ABC, give me like, like... Give me a percentage. How many were good experiences and how many were bad experiences? Um, you know, really like 75, 80% were good experiences. All right. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. Okay. They really were. I didn't feel objectified. I didn't feel like I was treated any differently or that people, you know, talked about me behind my back or thought I was a joke. Like oh, people... everybody in this business talks about everybody <laughs> behind their back. So I don't think that didn't happen. I can tell you that right now. Um, in this business, forget it. Yeah, but I, I, I do think a lot of it, there was just the good outweighed the bad, you yeah. know? And that's one of those things that I, I have to work on as a person is shifting my my brain to remember the good times right. and not focus on the few bad times because while they were they were few they were very bad yeah they were very dark times in my right. life right um and i honestly think not just in my life but in our you know our profession in general mm-hmm. and i think that that's a shift and it's going to be coming eventually me too really hasn't hit sports you know i think that there's still a lot of growth that has to happen in that area and it'll happen eventually yeah. i don't know what it's going to take but it's crazy because i think well, i i think i've talked about this on this podcast a million times but 
Jamie Horowitz got fired from Fox Sports after there were accusations about sexual harassment. But it happened like four, maybe like three, four, five months before the Me Too thing started. Mm -hmm. And that story just came and went. And like there was no follow-up, no nothing. Nobody knew anything. He just disappeared and like that was it. And he got very lucky with the timing because if that would have happened four months later, I think there'd be – the stories would be out there of what exactly happened. Yeah. Um, But when that happened – when, when the Me Too started, the Harwoods thing was always in the back of my head. And I said, you know, if th- just knowing that so many jobs are held by ex-athletes, uh, ex-athletes, I was like, this could be really bad. One and, of the worst interview experiences I ever had was on um, Boomer and Carton. And it was right after, it was when I was covering uh, the All-Star Game for Chevy and MLB, like their partnership. Uh-huh. And... I went out to promote what I was going to be doing, and I just got harangued. By both of them, or? Mostly by Carton. Right, I was going to say. But Boomer did not come to my defense. Mm-hmm. And I we went to a commercial break, and I still think this footage is on the air somewhere. We went to a commercial break, and I just remember ripping off my headset and being like, Boomer, if you're going to pretend for a minute that this didn't happen when you played. Right, right. Like, you're, so you are... But what, was, but, but what was what and was the he was issue? Like, the Favre stuff? Was, yeah, oh, okay. they were just like, Carton was coming at me hard, like, you know you wanted it, and right. stuff like that. If you said that to a woman now, you would be fired on the spot. Right. So were you doing a little celebratory dance when you got arrested and kicked off the air? I mean, <laughs> I will never... You didn't shed a tear, let's say that. I will never rejoice at another <laughs> man's obituary. Right. But, but there's a but coming. But, yeah. 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 You can just leave it at that. Just yeah. but. Yeah. But. Yeah. Because, you know, to be to be fair, he recommended me for a job a couple of years later. Are you serious? He goes, the only woman I've ever interviewed that put me in my place was Jen Sturger. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Because <laughs> they were looking for a, co- a female co-host for him. And he was like, she's the only woman that's ever <gasps> been like. Hold on. He recommended you to be his female his co-host? His female co-host. Would you have taken that job? Yeah. All right. To argue with him? All right. I was kind of I I was honored that he that he honestly thought that way about right. that interaction. Right. Right. And it and it goes to show you that a lot of it was probably shticked. Right. You know what I mean? Like it was just his gimmick at the time right. to use a wrestling. But see that's a, the one thing I would say though about that experience where you where you say that you went at it a little bit boomer about don't say this. It, that's that's the thing with having all but these the ex athletes in these roles is they're never gonna tell the truth no. about what athletes are doing no but like let's be real boomer didn't even have cell phones when he was playing right right what do you do send a sears portrait you know what i mean like- <laughs> yeah well i'm not gonna uh, you know he's married i guess so i don't want to but i'm sure those players found many ways to usher in and out yeah people that they creepiness to be with. just finds new ways to be creepy you know uh it's just a way like when you when you hear about like old tabloid stories and you're like how were people able to be so shady back in the day and it's because the media didn't cover right. it and then the media started covering well, it and then social media came along i've had many a conversation with athletes about whether it's better or worse today because it's better for them because they have so much access thanks to social media to people they might not have a- access to before but the chances of getting burned because of social media 100%. are... 100%. So, but like if you look at all these athletes who date Instagram models or friends with Instagram models, like that doesn't happen There's without... There's lots so, of air quotes going yeah, on right that now, That doesn't guys. happen without social media. No. However... Like my you know, husband and I met on Julie, Twitter. Julian Edelman thinks he's just, you know, having sex one night, which he is 
allowed to do. There's nothing wrong with that. And the girl puts it on Snapchat and says, I just had sex with Julian Edelman. I mean, there is that side of Did it, too. Did she put a dog filter on it? That's what I wanted. I don't know. remember. I just remember. I think it said, like, just just had sex with Edelman or so. It was just a very simple Snapchat thing. You know, very, God. very nice to announce it to the world. It's so thoughty. It really. I, but that's the thing is, you know, so. Um, to each their own. Yeah. You know? Like, he did nothing we all have wrong. To have, right. We all have to have goals. He did nothing wrong, but she decided. Who makes that their to, status? Yeah, it's, that's what I'm saying. Clean it up. All right. Now we've covered it all. Really? But we haven't talked about. Um, so I'm working on. A, well, I just finished doing the all in press conference. Oh, I know, yeah. I know about, you yeah, don't yeah, yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. I know you don't do indie so, wrestling. Yeah. Jen is a big indie wrestling fan. Big and ring has of job, honor. Tell her, yeah. Yeah. yeah so I just finished doing their, their all in press conference. And that's going to be going on in September. Um, hopefully I'll be working some capacity at the event. I don't know what that'll be, but. I'm hoping I'm all in. I feel like I'm like, kind of like Flip Gordon. Like I'm just trying to find out if I'm booked or not. Um, or you could be the next JR. That is true. No, I love JR, but no one compares I to him. I love JR. He's too. a special, he's one of a kind. He's a special breed. I've said it a billion times and there I'll will say never it be a billion and one. How they don't have JR calling things makes no sense. If you have Vince Scully, you use him. Yes. So how they don't use him, I'll never, ever understand. All right, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you didn't interrupt mm-hmm. me. We're good. All right. Now we're done. So you're going to do, so what's the wrestling organization you're going to be doing? All In. It's for All In. Right. It's a, it's a promotion. It's going to be one of the biggest indie wrestling promotion right. ever done. It's by uh, the Bullet Club. Right. You know, so Cody Rhodes and the Bullet Club are in the, the Young Bucks are putting on this Very huge popular. live event. It's huge, huge, huge live event. Days. Yeah. And Cody I think Rhodes finally, has made himself into like this monster. Thing. I think he has proven a business model. <laughs> right. You don't need Vince. That you don't need the big machine to make money and have a successful career and have accolades and connect with fans. Yeah. You know, especially with like all the stuff they're doing virally online with uh, being the elite. I think, I think it just shows like there's, there's a new way to do wrestling business. You know, the NWA has been doing a lot of the same stuff with 10 pounds of gold um, with, with Billy Corgan and Mm -hmm. stuff. So I think that, I think that there's a new wave coming with yeah. that stuff, and I'm all about being ahead of that, ahead of the and curve. And it's good for Vince to have some competition. It keeps yeah. him busy. Yeah. All <laughs> right. So all active. in. People can see you there. Twitter at Jen Sturger, I assume. At Jennifer Sturger. Jennifer. You can oh. find me on Venmo as well. <laughs> at Jennifer Sturger. Got to be serious, Jennifer Sturger. Jennifer Sturger. Yes. My right. proper name. How often do you go check out your husband play live? Um. Quite a bit. Oh, you, you know, do? At least twice, a, probably twice a month. Oh, that often. Okay. Yeah. We try to have like a two-week rule where like I'll go to see him because obviously he can't travel to see me at all. Yeah. So I'll go see him like every two weeks, at least once a month, if not twice. And Jen's husband is Cody Decker, who a lot of you probably know on Twitter because he's pretty popular he's on very there. funny. Yeah. He's very Who charming. has more followers, you or him? Me. You know that right away, too. Yeah. And if you ask him which one of us is funnier, he'll openly admit it's me. Right. But if you if you watch our vows, it was kind of like the only... There's only been a couple times that I've punked Cody. My, my husband's a professional prankster. He's the guy that pranked Jeff Francoeur right. into thinking that one of their teammates was deaf for I two I remember months. that video well. They got a lot of run back like, in the hockey. Like, poor Jeff. Yeah, yeah, poor Jeff. Like, he was just it's a great Cody's prank. number one target. I'm so impressed with anyone that could pull off a prank that takes, you know, more than 30 seconds. Like Cody's, uh, all, about, months, Cody's all about the long burn. Yeah, that's impressive. He really is. Yeah. I've, I've only gotten Cody a couple times where um, 
I found out I was being proposed to. So I. Oh, that sucks. So like two days before, I staged this huge fight and just watched him panic. I like huh. kicked him out of the that, house. <laughs> that's vicious. That's not a prank. It was. That's vicious. Because I wanted to like. Well, that would be good if you filmed it. Like if there's no film of it, then what's the point? Oh, there's film. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Well, there's film right. coming soon. Okay. That, um, now I like it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no. I yeah. mean, Cody, you just have to constantly keep on keep on his toes. Yeah. Uh, another thing I did was um, I told like my followers, like back in the days of Periscope, I was like, go tell Cody, congratulations on the baby. Oh, my <laughs> so God. That's... He, the look on his face yeah. was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it All was right. when we first started dating. All right. So you're taking things to a really high level with that. Oh, kind of you yeah. only go hard yeah, in yeah. the paint. All you right. don't. Poor guy's going to have a heart attack. Have you seen this. our vows? No. I told him, I was like, you better take this seriously. It's the most important day of our life. And then my vows to him were just a complete uh, roast. Yeah, but I mean, tell me. My last line of our vows were, I will love you. I'll always love you. Even when you go 0 for 11. Because <laughs> uh-huh. that's his right now. That's his record right now as right. far as major league batting stats go. Because he only got he only got pinch hit opportunities. And pinch hitting is the hardest so job. So he doesn't have one major league hit yet? He's an RBI. Oh, okay. But he's 0 for 11. Is that he's the... 0 for 11. All right. Maybe this year we'll try to get, let's hope he gets a hit, so. He should. He's got 197 career home runs. In the minors. In the minors. All right. He needs. He needs a major league hit. I hope the Diamondbacks hear this and they're like, all right. Call him up and let him get a hit. Let him get 200 in the in the majors. Yeah. Let him hit 200. Then you can send him back. Just down. Let him get a hit. Let's send start with a hit. Let's tri- start with a hit. Let's start with a hit. Go big or go home. Jimmy. No, you get a hit. All right. You're you're, you're Swing cutthroat. For the fences. You're too cutthroat. Swing for the fences, Jimmy. At all cutthroat. times in your life. All right. Well, thank you for coming on and and talking about all this stuff. I know you're not like you know always like okay. Let me come on and talk about what happened and you know I don't yeah, blame you. So I think it's shocking how many people want me to come on and talk about penises. <laughs> well, I didn't want you to do that. So. So no, let's you not were very, lump, let's not lump me into that you category. Were very, very, you were very respectful about I don't, it. I don't, I don't need to talk about anyone's. Penis. And this is no, but this is about something bigger than that. Yeah, well, it's about I think the it, state of our industry in general. Yeah, I thought it. You know, listen. You know, the Me Too thing. It, it, I, I couldn't help but think about stories that have happened in the past in sports world. If they happen now, yours is obviously one of them. So yeah. it's you know, it's relevant. All right, thank you and. Uh, Hopefully you'll come on again some other time. That'd be fun. All right. That wraps up this edition of the SI Media Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Trainer. My thanks to Jen Sturger and my producer, Lou Pellegrino. We will see you next week. Take care. Do you know about the Locked On Podcast Network? The number one daily sports podcast network. Locked On has a daily podcast on every NBA and NFL team, plus a growing lineup of college and MLB teams. You get a daily bite-sized podcast giving you the latest on your team from the local experts. Lakers fans, search Locked On Lakers. Cowboys fans, search Locked On Cowboys. Just search Locked On, your favorite team, on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On, your favorite team. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.